Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning and happy Saturday to you. I don't know what you call this, first day of spring, first day of summer. It's obviously changed and you probably feel better because the sun is out, you're getting out and that's another show in and of itself. But I'm going to continue because I have such a, what is it, a lure to it. I'm fascinated by it. It's very interesting. It encompasses so much that we don't understand about health. And that is the topic of cancer, something that touches everyone. And what I'm going to do is a series of shows on what I know we can do if we can get you educated. And that's prevent metastasis. So if you've gotten the bad news, which in a sense is bad news and in another sense might be the beginning of a blessed experience. And I know that's odd to to say, but people that get on the other side of cancer often say that. Easy for me to say perhaps, but in a sense not. And certainly many people who have had cancer that get on the other side of it, and we do have these cases in the literature, these are real people, they say that. And I think one of the reasons often this is stated with chronic disease more than anything else is because chronic disease and reversing it, cancer being at the top of the list and the subject of a short series on metastasis here, Chronic disease is very integrated into the soul, the soul of the being. The neurological system, the magnetic field of the body, you really can't separate that from the advent uh, pathogenesis, we say, and the evolution of chronic disease, autoimmune disease, any psychological disease, cancer, irritable bowel syndrome, chronic, relentless, low back pain. This isn't acute injury. It's not, this happened to me and after that I got this and how can you fix it? That's a genre of concern, of illness that's perfect for classic conventional Kaiser Permanente medicine. Acute disease, chronic disease. You can't separate that from its relationship to the soul. It's what makes the other side of it the cure for it. That's why so many people will say, you know, on the other side of it, in hindsight, it was a blessing. They'll also tell you in the middle of it, they cursed their very existence and everything associated to it. But in hindsight, common finding. Very interesting. Today's show, how you can really, and I mean in bold face print, prevent metastasis when you have cancer. 
And let me say to any of you who suffer, the first thing you better do is cut it out if you can. If you have a tumor, cut it out. Do not be part of the nonsense holistic community that one year, two years, three years into it are still proud that they're alive and that they haven't yet succumbed to surgery. Women, you know, I apologize ahead of time. To have a breast removed or chunks of it taken out is painful. Men losing a testicle, so on and so forth. Nobody wants to lose a body part, but you're making a mistake if you don't cut the tumor out. Save some exceptions. Brain tumors that come with high risk of permanent disability on the other side of it. This kind of thing. But so many people can just take a tumor out. And again, you can never talk generally about cancer because each cancer is very, very different. And each person's very, very different. And access to care is very, very different. So you got to be careful with generalizations, but I'll give you one that you can take to the bank. In the vast majority of cases, cut out the tumor. Now you're going to see why. Because of course, metastasis is the spread of the tumor to other places. And I've got a wonderful article online that's one of many fascinating articles that you will never see or hear about because they're just written and then they're put on dusty shelves of microfilm. They just get lost in the web. We used to say back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, they got lost on bookshelves in medical libraries, you know, way upstairs on the 12th floor in the back where nobody went, covered in dust from 30 or 40 or 50 or 100 years ago, later to be transferred to microfilm. We used to say that. Now, it's lost in the cloud, man. I have one here. It's online. It's called The Initial Hours The Initial Hours of Metastasis by Miriam Lavelle and Richard Hines. The importance of cooperative host tumor cell interactions during homogenous spread, dissemination, meaning the relationship between the cancer cell and what it hijacks on as it spreads through the blood. And the reason this article is so fascinating is the first thing it does is it destroys the ignorance behind being concerned about that it spread through the lymph. That's the marker. Does anybody ever tell you that from the day you have the tumor, you're shedding millions of tumor cells into the blood? Nobody tells you that. They only tell you when you come in, you get the bad news that we need to find out that it's not lit up in the lymph. And all tumors are like this. It doesn't matter. And we stage them. Well, you jump to a stage three, the minute it hits the lymph. And that's the idea. Oh, thank God. We caught it and it wasn't in the lymph. Now, while that may be somewhat statistically significant, somewhat, it completely overlooks the fact that we already know, read this article, read a thousand articles, that it's spreading by millions of cells, cancer cells per day into the blood. Now, why does all the emphasis go to the lymph? Because we can measure that. 
Why? Because we have a way to know those tumor cells are escaping into the lymphatic system? No. It's because they get trapped in the lymph node, potentially. Potentially trapped in a lymph node. And if we biopsy a lymph node or if we PET scan it, in the case of the PET scan measuring the glucose uptake of more metabolically active cancer cells, we can see then in the lymph that maybe it's gone to the lymph. But we don't have a technology for the blood, at least any that you or your insurance company are going to pay for. Now, when you do experimental metastasis, and that's a word you should know, it's called we take lab animals, mice, etc., and we play with them in labs. There's so much knowledge there. This is where any good doctor that's interested in cancer needs to live. In the research papers on experimental metastasis, where you contrast how a cell in a normal human being, a healthy human being, compares in physiology, biology, genetics to another system of cells, say in another person or being or animal or lab rat, such that one doesn't get cancer to the same stresses that the other one succumbs. And you can't do this with people. You see, this is a big problem. I won't get into it. You obviously can't do this with people. What are you going to do? Tell a bunch of people, look, we're going to give you cancer and see if without doing other things that will prevent that cancer, blah, blah. And you get the point. You can't do it. So, But you can do it with animals. You can do it with people, too. I'm sure the Chinese are. The CCP, if you listen to Ray Kurzweil, artificial intelligence, I have no doubt if you look at some of these Chinese out of the CCP and some of the, the videos we do of them, they're robotic. They're being played with. So you can just imagine all the things we do to animals in labs to understand cancer. And the beauty of it is that we can gather so much information about what a healthy animal will do versus a sick animal. At any rate, on that point is the fact that tumors need to come out fast because they are going to disseminate millions of cells day by day by day. Now, as you're going to see it in the article, the vast majority of those cells that are disseminating don't make it. They get destroyed. And that's very good and very important. At the same time, you have to remember, it's only the smaller percentage that need to survive to create big problems downwind. But you see, that's just the point. The cells that do, when they spread through the blood, that don't make it, that are destroyed, are destroyed for reasons. What are those reasons? And in the absence of those normal body defenses, do we have higher rates of metastasis? It comes down to 
when you metastasize or don't want to metastasize, how can you more effectively simulate conditions that we know prevent metastasis? Now, that's a reasonable question. Guess what? None of it is studied. <laughs> None of it's studied. Because as you're going to learn from me over the next 20 minutes, it's not studied because it only means you need to know how to get healthy. And that's way too generalized, nonspecific for anybody to invest any time researching. Not to mention a few other things. But just understand that what I'm about to get into in the limited amount of time we have today, but I'll get enough in. What I'm going to talk to you about it's not just about cancer, it's about anything, but I'm going to apply it to cancer. So what do I mean? I mean that the first thing that happens when those tumor cells get released into the blood is they get destroyed because of something called sheer force. They're cut in half by the flow in the blood. They're cut in half as they bash into red blood cells. They're destroyed as they bounce off the inside of arterial vasculature. And that should ring a bell. Because sheer force is directly proportional to circulation. And circulation in a sedentary person is quite variable. Meaning, is your exercise regimen, nothing more than sitting at a desk, 12 hours a day, going to the refrigerator to get something to eat, plopping on a couch to watch TV, getting into a car to go to 7-Eleven, and then plopping yourself down before you go to bed, and then lying on a mattress for four to 10 poor hours of sleep. That's the way a lot of people live. And a lot of people that have tumors are living that way and when they go in and get their organs cut and then are concerned about what we're all concerned about after that surgery, the prospect of metastasis, look at their life. They're sedentary. There is no sheer force operating within the bloodstream. Now, then you say, well, that's not me because, you know, I walk through the parking lot with my colleagues at work for 20 minutes. You ever see those people? They have this look on their face. This, it's a moral, moral look because it's lunch. And they're lunging forward with an aggressive stride in some stinking parking lot, taking 20 minutes at lunch. And better than nothing, it's better than nothing. Yes, it's better than nothing. We're doing what we can. It is next to nothing, but we're doing what we can. And this is to be just seated and celebrated, and you get trophies for it. Instead of getting a bunch of people together and telling the employer, you're going to have a big problem, Jack, if we don't get what we need. You see? So you see them walking th through the parking lot for 30 minutes, wearing their sunglasses, 
because some genius told them that UV light will give him cataracts or skin cancer or something. Destroying all the, the glandular positive effects of sunlight through the pupil. And the point is, when you say, I don't have to be concerned about whether or not I'm circulating arterial blood with enough sheer force to reduce metastasis in an effective way, you have to understand the art of motion. Now, if you're interested, I would be bringing my heart rate up 30, 40 minutes a day in intermittent bouts to 140, to 150, to 160, to 170. Now that puts a different, a completely different shade on it. And where would I be doing this? Not in the parking lot. I'd be going out to a nature trail. I'd be doing that by putting my feet into the earth, but I'd have to go out and find stuff to wear on my feet so I could absorb the currents to galvanize the electrical force through the arterial system in conjunction with moving the blood at much higher rates. I would enhance the rate of sheer force through my arterial blood and therefore through my venous blood. Venous blood. So that when these cancer cells get caught in capillary beds, which is what they do. They get arrested. They stop moving in capillary beds. So a tumor will release millions of cells into the blood, hopefully be destroyed by enhanced shear force. And what doesn't happen, they get stuck in capillary beds because they're too big for the beds. And then they hang out there. Well, you think, okay, they're caught in this capillary bed, and that's good because the NK cells are going to dissolve them there, but that doesn't happen because other things occur then. And what occurs in these capillary beds is the tumors shake hands with the platelets, and they shake hands in a way where they stimulate, along with a few other steps, the production of certain chemicals that turn the tumor host or the tumor platelet relationship into one big ball of snot. Microemboli, blood, fibrin, integrins, all sorts of chemicals associated with that in that capillary bed and elsewhere so that the tumor becomes the clump of cancer cells becomes impregnable. The NK cells can't get at them because they've shaken hands with the platelets. Metastasis, after those cells get released, if they escape sheer force, in part do it because they hijack onto platelets in capillary beds and spin snot balls around them. While lots of chemicals are produced in the interest of keeping the tumor cocooned. Now, the tumors use this 
relationship here uses certain buzzwords. One of them is fibrin. The microemboli are wrapped in fibrin, but we have fibrinolytic herbs. Green tea, curcumin from turmeric, garlic, natto kinase. These are all fibrinolytic. And then the platelets start producing TGF, TGF beta, transforming growth factor beta. Pancreatic enzymes, those especially hosting chymotrypsin, which is one of our pancreatic enzymes, pancreatic enzymes reduce the effect of transforming, transforming growth factor beta. We've got lots of herbs that reduce platelet adhesion. Oddly enough, once again, garlic comes to mind. That reduce platelet adhesion. So anti-fib or fibrinolytic herbs, herbs that reduce platelet adhesion, real motion that reduces or that enhances shear force, all of which come down to decreasing blood viscosity. Now, you see what I'm doing with the time permitted? I'm giving you an example of how metastasis occurs, and we are in the very early stages here. That's why this has to be done in parts. And I'm weighing it against, well, could you possibly improve that physiological mechanism? Can't we conclude without $20 billion in grant money from the NIH that somebody pumping their blood at 170 beats a minute intermittently for 40 minutes every day with their feet earthed somewhere where the telluric currents are strong are going to summon up a sheer fourth a little bit greater than someone that just drives to 7-Eleven and back and calls it a day's exercise. You see how you can proceed? And that's just for openers. I'm going to do a series on air. I'm not doing seminars again. I am tired of doing seminars with people. I'm going to use the good old machine here. I'm going to do a series of seminars on radio, and we're going to get into this. And apply it to any health condition, chronic. And you'll see really a model for how you should approach health. Building health is what you throw at disease. Building health is what you throw at your dream for longevity. If you want to age slower or you don't want to die of cancer, you do the same thing. You feed health. And the reason you study optimized physiology is because you can create a checklist for yourself where you need to improve. That's what we call contouring it. Contouring it is about understanding all the indices of health, respecting the art to which you apply all these indices of health, and then checklisting it in a way where you know you have to work more than the other guy. And that's specific to you then. You see? It's not what specific groups of herbs do we use. 
it's what specific health rituals do I need to engage in? And when you add all those up, that's how you move the ball across that critical mass line. And you get what you want. Have a fantastic day. Spring or summer or whatever this is, is here to be enjoyed. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.